Well, good morning. How's it going, Bobby Dino? Mike. Mike Bullen. <laughs> hey. We're here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we've got uh, a special episode of Mindset Squared today. Uh, our usual co-host, Mike Cernovich, is on uh, holiday, if you will, in Florida with uh, the family. So Bobby Dino is sitting in today for Mike Cernovich. Uh, I am, that's the, that's a big seat to fill right there. Well, we appreciate you being here. Thank you. I'm, I'm yeah. glad to be here. Okay, so you've got you've got a a great social media following. You're kind of you're a really unique guy, yeah. And you do some you got an interesting background, and you know. So let's uh, I don't know. Let's delve into that because certainly there's a lot of folks out there you know that don't know who Bobby Dino is. Sure. And so you know, just maybe a minute or two snippet on you know what makes you unique versus you know the five thousand other social media influencers. Influencers out there. Sure. So, so when when I was 23 years old, um, I was a, a directionless uh, young man that, that a wayward youth. A wayward youth. Okay. Uh, my 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 father had passed away before I was born, so I didn't have really any direction in, in that sense. Uh, I was living with my grandparents, who you know they're old. It's easy to pull the wool over their eyes. Sure. And so I was just this kid that was running around, uh, essentially up to no good. Um, I ended up. Where'd you live? I lived in Orange County. Orange so, County. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, that's was, uh, that's a beautiful part of the world. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Huntington Beach and all that different Surf City. You know, it's nice. Okay. But uh, so I was um, I was this dummy kid that that ended up getting in trouble. Um, I I got into an altercation with someone, and unfortunately, uh, a bystander that wasn't even part of the altercation got hurt, and that's what I more or less got cracked for. Uh, I was given a prison sentence, went to prison for originally five years. Uh, while I was inside, I picked up another sentence because I was running around with bad dudes in there and picked up another six years. So I, I, I had this 11 year sentence total. And about five years in, uh, I just had this uh, this epiphany that if I didn't do something to change my life and, and yeah. make do something for the better, be a good guy, Right. That I was going to die in that place, whether somebody got me mm -hmm. or, or whether I just never got out. So while I was inside, I just turned my life around, started um, going for the positives, started writing, started, uh, you know, working with people that needed help. And when I, when I came home, I was very, uh, I, d I didn't like to talk about the prison uh, aspect sure. uh, experience. You know, it was, it was very stigmatic to me to where it was like, I mean, I had my wife, my daughter, you know, who was who was a very young. She's only nine now, so she was, you know, real young. But from from a little girl, I would tell her, "Don't say prison, don't say any," because I didn't want anyone to know. Okay. Um. It was actually my wife that that uh, about a year and a half back, two years, she said, "You know, you're really good at writing. You should write about these experiences and put them out." And it was one of those things to where I was like, uh, I don't know, you know, so. I had a social media following. I was on Twitter. I think I had about 120 followers. Okay. <laughs> I well, there's. I mean, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, Everybody no, starts somewhere, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah you yeah. know. But I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't anything. You know. Yeah. Like you weren't working at it. Right. I mean, anybody can build a following, right? If if they can say some cool stuff right. or say some interesting stuff and then they're real consistent with it. It's just right. you know, if you have 125 followers, that doesn't necessarily mean you're 
not interesting. It oh, just yeah. means you just don't put a lot of information out there. For sure. And yeah. and you are yeah, you're not putting in uh necessarily the effort to grow it like somebody who is right. really exactly. trying to grow it. But even then the growing the social media aspect that wasn't so much on my mind as it was just like hey i'm going to put these stories out that people have been liking mm -hmm. and let's see if the rest of the world likes them and they did uh I'm, or they do um i i started getting uh requests to speak at places i, I requests for appearances yeah um so it, it's it's turned out quite well for me so you're like one of these guys that you, you went into the joint and <laughs> it sounds like you spent a lot of time there it was it was 10 years 10 altogether. years so a yeah. decade a decade and yeah. miraculously probably unlike most folks you were able to go in dealt with what you dealt with there and then came out and actually saw your life take a parabolic move oh, yeah. upwards where you not just turned things around but just exploded with uh being a productive member of society if you will yeah sure and that didn't that didn't start like when I hit the street. Mm -hmm. So so about halfway through my sentence, I, I had to... Prison is, is a very racial environment, especially in California. You would think like California being super liberal, like everybody, you know, singing Kumbaya and holding hands and all that. It's not like that in California prisons. Uh, California prison is the, the most racial place I've ever been in my life, mm -hmm. like hands down. Everything is race to the point to where, I mean, if you were dying of thirst and I had a glass of water, but you're a different race than me, like you can't get that water because you're this and I'm that. I mean, just really hardcore outlandish rules. Well, about halfway through, I had to tell these dudes, I'm not running around with you anymore. Okay. And and I did that um, at the risk of my health, to say the least. I mean, it could have gone really bad for me. Yeah. Um, now, these guys had kind of seen what I was about up until that time, um, and it was... Essentially, I told them I'm not running around, and if anybody's got a problem with me not, you know, with me living my own life, right? We can go handle business somewhere where the cops won't find out. Because mm -hmm. at that point in my mind, I was like, I'm either gonna die here or I'm gonna live my life. Yeah. So, so you had to break away. Oh, You're I broken away. Yeah, I broke yeah. away. I was on my own, had no backup, no whatever. Um, but I had a plan, mm -hmm. and so they had uh, vocations in there. One of the vocations they had was welding. Uh, I got into welding. Uh, I looked to see which unions, because I had a background, which sure. unions would take me, where I could work to make money. Um, I, I didn't buy into the into the mindset of, oh, now that I'm a felon, I'm just gonna be broke dick the rest of my life and not right. be able to do anything. So I got out and, and started working in the oil refineries and, and I made, I did six figures my first year out. Wow. I mean, it was, um, I hit the ground running. And so, and that's just doing your, uh, doing the vocation that you learned in when you were in there, mm -hmm. so you learned welding. You're able to take this skill, right, and and then get out and and at least earn a living doing that. As soon as oh, you it was, get out, it was a good living yeah. too. Yeah, and and uh, so so what happened then? Um, my my wife has a, a kind of an adventurous spirit like I do. She's she's an immigrant. She's Armenian, um, so she she knows about moving places and doing stuff. And um, we had made this money, and we had a nut essentially. And neither one of us liked Southern California too much. It was right. kind of a little overcrowded. And so 
we had it in this thing to where we were talking to each other and we we're like, let's move. Let, okay. Let's just do it. Let's make, we'll pick a date and we'll be gone by that date and we'll go. So it's almost like another breaking point for right. you where you just like, when you were in there, you broke away from a group of guys you were hanging out with. Mm -hmm. And then once you get out, you kind of get get going on things, get, yeah. get make some money, and you're like, you know what? It's time for another shift. And right. sometimes just changing the environment can change everything. Yeah, and, and I've always I've always been the type to where, especially being in there for so long, in like one place, you know, even though you're in the building, you're in the sure. yard, it's like that's your whole world, you know. Is essentially like if you can imagine like being in in school and having the playground, it's like that's it. You yeah. know, that's that's all you know, right? Right. And and I've always wanted to see the world, but especially being trapped like that. Yeah. You know, it was like when I got out, I wanted to see everything. I, I, I all I could think about was just a ticking clock going by and me missing out. So moving to Northern California, yeah, it was to see a new place, but it was also to prove to myself that I could do it anywhere. Right. You know? And right. that's that's uh, that was a big thing for me. And then plus I had the money to where I was able to you know, buy a house and, you know, get things going. So it, it's, it was, it was a good shift. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Yeah. So, so fast forward a little bit. So you, you've written a book and, yeah. um, you, you do a lot of writing on top of that, right? Yeah. And so yes, I do. folks can find you, uh, what's Bobby, bobbydino.com. Bobbydino.com. Uh, there okay. you go. It's, okay. it's easy to remember. Yeah. And, um, there, there's a lot of, uh, the stuff that I write would be, uh, considered true crime uh, genre, but essentially what it is, um, the most outrageous, gnarliest, craziest stuff that happened while I was in there, I write about it. Oh, and, wow. And, and, okay. I, and, I, and, I, and I try and work in the lessons because there's a lesson in everything you learn well, and yeah, from you've everything. got it you've got a i because I, i'm on your your email list so you send okay. out some some uh stories from time to time mm -hmm. and you know i've clicked over and read some of those and i mean some of them are are pretty fascinating it's just kind of <laughs> fa fascinating to read but you had one recently uh it was called baby oil oh, Jesus, yeah. and we don't need to get into the whole thing but it's it's interesting how you write those stories and I guess, you know, whether it's fictionalized or maybe the names are fictionalized or whatever it is, but uh -huh. this is stuff that you saw, witnessed, whatever, mm -hmm. while you were there. And it really gives you a peek behind the scenes and not in a uh, Hollywood way, oh, but, yeah. but the actual gritty gritty stuff of <laughs> yeah. what was happening. And um, so anyway, any anybody that's interested in that could definitely, they can go to your website, right? And then they right. can register uh, for an email. Oh, sure. You can do that right on the landing page, Bobby Dino dot com you can get on the email list and yeah and i and i personally have read these stories i mean they're yeah. they're very it's almost like one of those things sometimes you start reading stuff and you're like yeah not not interesting next but i haven't found that with your writing when i've sat down to read something that that you've written you know these short uh stories or whatever mm -hmm. it's it's uh you've got a great style to your writing well, but thank you. um, i appreciate that yeah but also um you know just very interesting content so i think anybody that's, that's interested in that yeah, and, and by the way, these these stories only because you brought it up. Um, the only thing I change are the names. Mm -hmm. So it's like I, I'm not I'm not putting people's real name out there, you know. But yeah. but the the event or whatever I'm writing about right. that happened. Like that's uh, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not doing fiction with those. Okay. And and part of that, well, the main reason with that is we all learn these lessons in life. And sometimes we can we can learn them easy, you know, so to speak. Right. So like you and I can have a disagreement, you know, and it's like 
I can walk away from that and go, you know, I should have done this better. I should have done that. And there's no harm, no foul, essentially. Right. right? So where in there, you can have a disagreement and the guy comes with a spear because he's going to try and kill you. you right. Know? So it's like, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to, to... So it's a little different and you're forced to learn these. these. Right. Yeah. And, and I like putting that out because I, I like giving people the extremes because people are so used to um, that easy way. To right. where it's like, hey man, it can go all the way bad if you're not careful, and that's yeah. that's one of the things that, especially to the youth, to the young guys, young girls too, it's like, that's not a road you want to go down. Right? You know? Yeah. This is yeah. I, I I don't know. I I to me, and I think most people find this the case is that it, it's always interesting to hear the come up story, if you will, you yeah. know, of of somebody who has failed at one thing and then they're able to pivot over and I don't know if it's rebirth or rebrand or whatever you want to call it but they're able to take their life and, and go in a different direction that yeah. that's more productive and those kind of stories to me are always fascinating um, you know I I've dealt with you know setbacks everyone in the world's dealt with setbacks the sure. difference is that a lot of people you know hit that setback and then they just kind of throttle back right and you know they end up in a dead-end job somewhere and they're just treading water for the next 20 or 30 years right and so to me i you know it's it's sad and yeah. i i hate to see that and so it, i'm always I, I always like to push people forward who are able to take you know something that traumatic that happened in their life and then completely change everything uh, for the better and that's what I find so interesting about you and and so many people that um, you know are in my orbit of friends if you will sure. is you know a lot of uh, a lot of my friends and, and we have some mutual friends you know mm -hmm. have faced adversity you being one of them and um, are able to take that and turn your mess yeah into your message right, right. and that's and that was the craziest thing the, the, the craziest thing about this gig was that, like I had said earlier, I had basically trained my family, don't talk about prison. Okay? Mm -hmm. Just don't say that word, don't. The second that I embraced it and said, okay, you know what? Just like you said, I'm gonna make this, instead of make it like having it be a mess in my life, I'm gonna mm -hmm. make it a message. Yes. My trajectory for success just went poof, like yeah. that. So it was like the second I stopped being something else, and just started being me. Right, embrace your truth. Oh my God, it just took off. Like yeah. through the root, like- Well, like it's, in it's... a lot of ways, and I mean, I hate to say this, but in a lot of ways, that is, uh, maybe it was a gift from God, what happened in that it created, you know, cause the only reality we experience is right now, right? right. We don't experience the past. Right, exactly. We don't experience the future. Exactly. So we're where we are right now. Yes. And you had to go through this fire and maybe that fire forged you into what you are today. Certainly it did. Yeah. And so, but you're able to take that and hammer that, if you will, into, you know, this story and you're able to take that and then help people too. So you have, I mean, you, you do different things, but like one of the things you do is you, you've got this 
course that you just put together sure. about you know uh, situational awareness mm -hmm. you know and like being able to go into a situation whether it be you know uh, a bar at one in the morning or whether it be uh, a Walmart mm -hmm. you know where some weird things going down mm -hmm. um, you know or you're inside a bank and somebody walks in and, and robs that or something <laughs> um, you know you're able you, you you've got a course that teaches people about situational awareness and you know tell me for a minute or two what what in the world is this situational awareness thing like how would you describe that and how does it how does it help somebody like me who you know quite frankly i i mean i live in napa valley i feel pretty safe but yeah. i mean shit can go down anywhere anywhere sure yeah. sure so so situational awareness is essentially uh how you your environment and how you relate to it okay mm -hmm. um like you were saying earlier, we create our own reality. Yes. Um, that's one of the way that we're able to take a mess and turn it into a message. Um, we, Mike and I were, were in Romania. Uh, we both spoke at, 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 a, at the Romanian uh, War Room Summit. And mm -hmm. the topic that I had there was situational awareness. Uh, after I spoke about it, I had a lot of people approaching me saying, hey, are you going to do a course about that? Are you going to put something out about that? Because I would love for so-and-so to see it or, you know, whichever. Yeah. So that was that was really like the foundation of, okay, yeah, I need to make a course about it. And what it is is it's not necessarily just about the bad guy, right? It's not just like about like, oh, I'm somewhere and uh-oh, something's happening. You can use situational awareness everywhere. Sitting right here, you know, with friends, uh, with loved ones, with you know, coworkers. It's 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 essentially paying attention. And people, even though that sounds so easy, you know, mm -hmm. so so basic, people don't pay attention like they used to or like they should. You know, uh, you see people that walking down the street, their faces in their phone. Um, you see people going places, and they you know, they aren't looking or, or seeing anything around them uh, i've seen these horrible uh videos you know like they're closed circuit tv things of like, oh yeah where like crime has happened you know or something like that uh someone getting kidnapped or a female getting assaulted or whatever and it was as simple as if they would have just looked right <laughs> like if they would have just been aware they wouldn't have gotten into that that mess mm -hmm. and that's what I teach in this course essentially is how to be aware, how to keep your eyes open, uh, how to um, survey what's going on, how to project yourself because that plays a big part into it. Example, uh, if you're someone that's got good posture, your your head's up, you're erect, you know erect, you're you're looking, you make much less of a target to the predator bad guy versus someone that's, you know, kind of slouched and walking down and do the, I it, see, so you're, you make yourself a hard target. Exactly, okay. uh, situational awareness starts with you because you do create your reality. Now, so, I guess it goes without saying that, that a lot of this craft, if you will, that you've learned and put together, uh, you learned in your prior life. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's kind of, um, I guess I, I mean I would imagine in the joint right, right you've got to have the situational awareness 24/7 yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah it's it's one of those things um so so my my unique perspective from this because you'll you'll get guys that are that'll talk about situational awareness that are like either martial arts experts or ex-cops or sure you know whichever and that's great you know they they have you can learn from anywhere I can watch one of their videos and learn something too who knows yeah my thing is is that 
I didn't learn it from like a nine to five gig to where I got to take my badge off and, and go home and go to bed. Right. My thing was I had to live that 24 seven. I had no backup. For a my, decade. Yeah, and people that you could think are on your same team or whatever, they might try and get you too. you know, smile in your face and knife you yeah. in the back. So it's, it's really a thing about being aware, reading people's body language. Um, you're familiar with so it's how to play chess in real life it, it, it's exactly like that yeah. um you, you can develop it, it it's a skill that you can develop just like any other skill um or any other discipline mm -hmm. to where you'll actually almost start to become prescient if that makes sense yeah. like like it's like you will get the, the your, your spidey senses will start to sure. tingle you know when something's going on and you're like no uh-oh it's developing that type of mindset versus just walking through the world completely unaware. That's ah, fascinating. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting th that your background, you know, you're, again, it's another example of how you're able to take this crappy background and then spin gold out of that, right? And I think that that's a great message, though, for a lot of people is so many people want to put on that mask, right? Yeah. And they want to be something that they're really not. Mm -hmm. And I, I found that with my own social media is as I just embrace more of who I am, you know, yeah. then people respond to that more than me trying to emulate somebody else or take right. like an element of somebody else that I really like right. and trying to you know, smash myself into that mold. Right. It just doesn't work, right? I mean, we've all heard these cliches, like, you know, there's a zillion of, you know, uh, Donald Trump's out there. There's a zillion Barack Obama's out there, right? right. And you don't need to be that, right? right. You need right. to be you. And I think that it is, I, it is fascinating to me that you can take something as terrible as is going to prison for a decade and then spin that into something that's i mean that's commendable oh you know thanks, it's commendable yeah. to you to be able to do that because most people don't do that i mean it's an empirical fact right that most people that get out yeah. end up going back in so so when, when <laughs> right? yeah so, so so obviously they didn't do this right what you're doing at, at the height of uh so when i came home Recidiv recidivism in California was hovering somewhere around 80, 85%. Incredible. Incre yeah. Now it's at 67. So even that is three people get out to go back right. in. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and it is, it's, you know, people get caught in the cycle. Well, maybe some of that has to do with the vocational training. I, 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 I'm a big proponent of that. I mean, if somebody right. goes to my, my Twitter account, you'll see I, I talk about that actually quite a bit okay. about how college is not necessarily. Where you need to be right. that this vocational stuff and so maybe some of that that you're talking about comes from this vocational training where you picked up welding there mm -hmm. so at least you're able to have a real hard skill right when you get out right and i mean these trade jobs are always in demand. oh yeah always and, in demand and, and for anybody that does have a record you know let's say you do have a felony on, on your record and you think like oh there's nothing i can do i can't make good money or whatever mm -hmm. You, these unions, especially construction unions or, or something similar to that, like I worked in oil refineries and power plants, Yeah. but stuff like that, um, they'll take you with a felony. They don't care. Yeah. I mean- Well, uh, in California now, we got the new law, the ban the box law. So you're not allowed to ask people anymore if they have a felony. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, look how easy you guys got it yeah. now. I mean, geez, yes. God. Wow, that's pretty yeah. cool. Well, you know, they. I think the, the thought is, and I, you know, this is a policy, you know, a lot of people give California a lot of crap for different um, 
and I rightfully so most of the time. <laughs> Policies that, yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. They're, we definitely have our set of issues. I mean, there's so many great things about California. I absolutely love living here, by the way. I love it, and I don't yeah. have any plans to leave. But I will say that there are, there's some legislation that comes through that really makes sense. And, and right. to me, it's like, listen, if, if Bobby did his time, you did your time, right? And right. so you're done. And right. so why in the world would we want to penalize somebody who's already done their time? Right. I mean, you want to get these people mainstreamed and back into being a productive member of society, right. not going back into whatever the heck they were doing that got them put there. Right. right? So so in the ban the box legislation in California, uh, which is I, I think it's the only state that has it, hmm. is um, you're not allowed as an employer to ask if uh, somebody has a prior record. Wow, okay. So, that, I mean, yeah, I, you know, here's the thing. One of the reasons, and, and this is my opinion from being there and seeing how the system works, one of the, the fallacies of, of prison and why we see a lot of this recidivism mm -hmm. is the whole way that it's run and the whole way that, that the individual is classified and housed in those places. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, the kid that's just coming in on a 16-month sentence for his first time, you know, and like maybe he, you know, stole something out of a car or whatever. Sure. That kid should not be living with a three-time psychopathic doing life murderer. Right. They, they shouldn't because that kid still has a chance. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. There's still something that can spin it, but what happens is, is in the classification process, all these people get lumped together. So when I say like I hung out with murderers and with what that was real, like they yeah. were. I mean, that, I was really with these people that you know did awful, nasty things. You yeah. know, and the point being is that if you want to get somebody to where they're going to actually be a productive member of society, it can't just be like how it was when I got out. They they. <laughs> You go through this thing, they give you, you have somebody send you clothes and you come into like this little area and they take your picture and then they drive you out to the gate and they've got an envelope with $200 cash in it. And they're like, here you go, you know, and you've got someone there to pick you up or they put you on the bus mm -hmm. essentially. But I mean, that's it. So, so for me, just getting out, if I didn't have a plan, yeah, right, it would have been 10 years and then here's a couple hundred bucks. Good luck. Right. You, you can't. So you got to take that reason. You, you took the responsibility. Well, you, right, you learned but, a skill. Right. But Most you don't. Can't, but the thing is, is that if you're a guy that's inside, and for anybody that has any loved ones that may be incarcerated or maybe, here's the deal. Don't wait until you're going home and then go, okay, I'm out. Now I'm going to get into what my plan is and all that. No, 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 no. If you know you're getting, I started doing all my research and doing all my stuff like three years before I got out. And it was because I knew I was going to have to have the time to learn the skill. I was going to have yep. to have the time to research where and what and how I was going to go so that that way, when I did get out two weeks later, I was working. Yeah. You know, if you wait until the last minute, it's not going to work out for you. And right. that's and that's, uh, I think, another big issue that the prisons have is there's not they used to call it um, CDC. It was the California Department of Corrections. And then when Arnold Schwarzenegger became the governor, mm -hmm. um, they added an R to it. It was the California uh, Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Okay. The rehabilitation isn't really there. 
Yeah. It's there in name, but it's not there in practice. Well, it sounds like the skills and stuff, like the trade school stuff's there. Yeah. Oh, it is. And, and it is. I'm sure they got a library and stuff like that. But again, you've got to take it on yourself. Right. To, to do this stuff. Right. Okay. So shifting gears here a little sure. bit, because I'm sure that a lot of people wonder the same thing. <laughs> so let me Go ask you. You're I, I, there. You're okay. you're there for ten years. Uh huh. Explain to me what it's like the day before you get out. You've been there for nine years and 364 days, okay? Or whatever it was. Yeah, close to it, yeah. But right. you know that you're getting out tomorrow, okay? So bring me through your very last day there. I'm sure you remember it. Yeah. Um, okay, so you've been in all this time. I mean, that's a long freaking time. It, yeah, it was. Ten years, long time. So, But tell it goes me, by like that after it's done. It's weird. Yeah, but but tell me tell me what it's like the day, the day that your very last day there. What's that like? Okay, so so first of all, telling people your release date when you're inside okay. can be dangerous. Okay. And here's why. Because you got to remember, all these you're, you're clumped in in this concentrated group of just the worst of the worst that California has to offer. Right. Okay. So it's not like me and Mike talking, who Mike's a good guy, he's got to... No, it's like you're, the people around you, they're there for being bad. Like, right. That's the whole thing, right? Okay. So you don't really give out your release date. Because what what can happen is is if someone like let's say you've got stuff or you've got you know proper you know different sure. types of property or whatever, people can come up to you, maybe want to get crazy with you, maybe want to take your and they're banking on oh well he's going home tomorrow, so he's not going to do anything you know oh he don't want no problems he's he's almost yeah. out of here so so you keep it secret is what well, you're telling me right for, well you don't advertise it so I mean I I was I, I was I had a group of people that were all different races by the time I left because like I said I wasn't running with with mm -hmm. the whites at that time um and and for a small group of people uh they were mainly lifers I let them know because these were guys that even though they were doing life there was a, there was a few guys in there that I found that were had had unfortunately seen the error of their ways too late because they had a life sentence yeah but it was almost like talking to these uh guru type guys they were very you know some of them were very zenned out and just sure kinda, you know been there for 30 or 40 years already i mean just yeah. yeah crazy but so for them okay hey man i'm leaving you know here's my stuff hey you want a radio here's this here's yeah. that you know you're kind of giving stuff away and then um it's just that excitement that you know you're going to be waking up at three in the morning by some guard saying okay you know time to get out of here but it's it's not it's not an enjoyable thing to where you're jumping up and down going i'm going home tomorrow yay mm -hmm. because there's people that aren't going home right and 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 even though to the rational mind, like to me or you, to where we'd be like, hey, congratulations, you know, you're gonna, yeah, yeah. to them, they're just like, oh, screw that guy. Oh, I'm gonna get that. Oh, oh you know what? Let, I can do this or that, or I can, do, and it's just this very. Well, so what did you do? So you 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 had your last meal there. Yeah. You, I, you go to the cafeteria <laughs> like normal. I mean, is so, it is it like you're, you're just anticipating what that you're gonna be out the next day? Right, so essentially all I did was um, I really stuck to myself. Uh, yeah, I did go to meals like normal, but that last night, I kind of played Santa Claus, went around, gave people different property that I had. Okay. Because, I mean, I don't need it. I'm going home. Right. You know, these guys are here forever, you yeah. know, so. And then um, just really stayed to myself. I mean, 
as much as you'd think like it would be like this celebration or something right. like that, you, it's 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 not. I okay. mean, it, you're you're happy that you're getting out, but you're not trying to. You don't want to broadcast. You it. don't want to broadcast it. No. So what? So what time? You said three. They come and get you at three in the morning. Yeah. On so, the day of release. Yeah. So okay. what happens is you'll you'll be asleep, and all of a sudden, you know, the guard, the the CO, the correction officer, comes. You know, and he's hey, wake up. You know, gives you a shake or whatever, and um, you get up. They take you out of the building. You go through the support uh, area, which essentially gets you off the yard. You go to their intake building, okay. where they take every, you know they take everybody in, sure, and then they process you out. And it's a very strange feeling. Now, do they just like in the movies? Do they give you a plastic bag with your watch and all that yeah, crap in pretty it? Pretty much. Okay. And and they yeah, and there's a cell over there, and they give you your set, and they change out of your, those state issue clothes and get your clothes on. So and you get the outfit that you wore there ten years no, prior. No, 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 no. I mean, maybe some no. people do. I don't know, but but I know um, what what it. What I did and what uh -huh. norm normally people did is um, you have somebody send you something. I like, see. Uh, if you're really indigent, like you just got nothing, um, you can buy sweats or, or something off of a catalog and just go out in a sweatsuit if you want. I see. Um, All it, right. So then they process you. They give you your stuff. There must be a door. Yeah. No. So so actually what it is, and, it, and, and it's a really trippy feeling too because all that time that you're there, like there, there's areas that are like like no go areas, um, mm -hmm. and they're by fences or buildings to where there's a line, and like if you go like past that line, they can shoot you. Like okay. I mean, like like they will kill you. You right, know, if right. you're trying to do whichever, right? So you've been living in this environment the whole time to where the people that are making sure you stay there are like, don't get out of line or we're gonna fucking kill you. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, here's your clothes, bro, and two hundred bucks. Have a good one. Yeah. And it's just, it's kind of a head trip because you're in this place the whole time. And then all right. of a sudden it's just like, hey, peace. You know, we're not going to kill you anymore. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> you so. know, so that was kind of okay, a, a weird so you thing go for me. So explain. So you go through a couple doors, what? And, the, yeah. and then boom, you're in the sunlight or no, what? No. So essentially what it is, is um, there they, there's the intake building. They uh, process you, make sure that you're you, you mm -hmm. know, and process you out and give you your clothes and all that. And then a van comes up to the front of the intake building. You get in the van. Um, if you're someone that doesn't have someone to pick you up, mm -hmm. they'll bring you to the bus stop and make sure you get on the bus to somewhere else. Because the, the prison where I was at, they had an agreement to where they didn't just release them into the city. I see. You, you know, they put them on a bus and sent them to wherever they okay. were going. So they got to go back to San Francisco right. or wherever right. they're from or whatever. Okay. Right. But, so, but uh, for me, I got on a, I, I got on a regular little van mm -hmm. um it took me from there to out there's like this uh i don't know if they call this area that sally port or not but it's like a sally port type area to where there's a guard up here they come around they're looking underneath the cars okay, yeah. you know it's still locked in they're, right and then through there you go out they bring you out essentially to the like the front like to where like if to you were a visitor lot. you know you yeah. come and park and then they wait like okay where's your people is that your people okay they're and for me it was my wife you okay. know and she's like hey you know and then i got to okay go so... and hug and kiss my wife the guy gave me you know what was funny Here, here's something a little weird so the guard that brought me out right and this is just some little weird thing that happened but i'm all happy to see my wife you know and i get the envelope and she she looks at it and she goes this isn't you and it had a name on it, right? And I look inside, and there's not even two hundred dollars. Because what happens is, is if you leave Owen the state money, they'll take it from that two hundred dollars oh, that they I give see. you. Right? Okay. So it was only like a hundred and some change, right? And I'm like, wait a second. So my wife honks the horn at the guard, and he comes back, and my wife's like, hey, you gave the wrong. And the guy, because you're not supposed to do that, you know, everybody's supposed to get their right shit, right? Right. 
the guard on the spot started having a nosebleed and I was just like, oh my God, we're just, we just fucking killed this dude right now. Like, don't die. You know, I'm yeah. just getting out of here. Yeah. It's not going to look, but the guard started and he was like, oh shit, hold on. And he jumped in the van and went out because the guy had already gotten in the car with his ride, oh, wow. went and stopped them, was like, you know, did the envelopes back. But it was a trip because like he got so stressed out about it that it was like instantly his wow. nose started bleeding. I was Interesting. like, oh yeah, I, I well, these okay, guys so are, you get, are stressed out yes. anyways. Okay, you know? so you get out, you 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 get in the car. Uh-huh. Did you go to lunch? Did you yeah. go to dinner? I, I mean, where what what did you do? What, what did you do your first day out? Uh oh, first day out. So did you go have a nice steak dinner or something? Yeah, I, I mean, we we did all. I, it was just so the first day out, we we went back to Orange County. I I had a place in Anaheim that that uh, I was renting, and. On the way there, um, I think we stopped at a Carl's Jr. Okay. I just had like a big, nice double Western <laughs> bacon burger. It was right. just like, oh my god, you yeah. Because because all the stuff you hear about prison food, yeah, it's true. It's awful. Yeah, it, it's it's awful and it's small portions. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a way that they try and keep people's sizes smaller. Yeah, maybe because um, if you want to get big you have to like buy more food like you can't just do it on the rations they're giving you but so i'm eating this great food uh i think we stopped by a macy's i got i got you know some new threads right and and um but it's got to be weird that first day just being like going into a mall i mean that's got to be a really unique experience mentally to go into a shopping mall Mm-hmm. After being in prison for ten years, so here's here's the thing that there were there were some things. I worked very hard not to get institutionalized, mm-hmm. you know, like not to become like uh, that was the game that I was running. Hey, Holmes, you know, whatever, and like I worked not to do that because right. it's easy to fall into. One, a couple things that tripped me out when I came home. People didn't have respect of like personal space. Sure. So like I'd be somewhere and somebody'd like be looking at something and they'd just be like, you know, and I'm right. thinking, uh, excuse me, who the hell are you? Right. You know, like what but it's like they're people they're normal people. They yeah. They well there's feel, no there's no threat level. Right. right. It, well so. to them they're not thinking the same way that I think. You sure. Know, because I respect people's personal space and that's just you had to do that or you would be right. in problems. Um that and then the way people dressed, so this is this is a little dumb, but um, because my wife wears yoga pants too. You know the whole yoga pants. Thing oh yeah, girl? yeah. That tripped me out because I was like, they don't put any skirts or anything over that. I mean, like, <laughs> like it was it was weird to me. You know, like right. so there were like these little things to where um that you really noticed what, right now that you're out. Yeah, yeah, it was just like wow, man. It's like what you don't want to cover up or yeah. any, you know. So um, little stuff like that, but it was mainly. The way that people in- interacted, I was so used to this um, have respect for everyone and, and, you know, come respectfully. And, right. and, you know, if you give respect, you know, demand respect back, essentially. Yeah. And people in the real world just aren't that respectful. So it's the interper- <laughs> interpersonal communication is quite a bit different from oh, inside sure. to outside. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that's really interesting stuff. So yeah. I guess as, as folks can see... There's a lot here. There's a lot of really oh, yeah. interesting information uh, yeah. that Bobby has. Again, you can go to his website, check it out. BobbyDino.com. Yeah. It's easy. I mean, if you want to check out the course, that that's awesome. Get on the email list. I mean, I like reading it. Um, there's just a lot of interesting stuff there. And these are some, you know, really interesting anecdotes. So, oh, th- thanks. Yeah. And, and anybody that that is, uh, I'm doing this for, for Mike's show. 
uh, anybody that that wants to get the course, uh, if you go through the checkout and you put in what what what, what type of sh- what should we name the code? You got a fancy name? Oh, you can name? just call it Cernovich. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll just call the code Cernovich. Yep. Okay, so I'm gonna make it as soon as this is done. You go through. Uh, you want to get the course for mics for the double mics uh, audience only. I'll give thirty percent off using the code Cernovich. So very just cool. Go through Cernovich, and thanks for watching and tuning in. That's yeah. my thank you to okay, you. Okay, so you can, as always, you can find uh, myself at mikebolin.com, and then um, Cernovich, of course, at cernovich.com. So, and then Mike, uh, all of his stuff is, I believe, scrolling along the bottom of the screen here. So you guys know where to find us. But anyway, uh, this has been a unique episode of Mindset Squared. And Bobby Dino, it was awesome having you here. Uh, Thanks for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure. Okay. Thank you.